We are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes of the Walking Dead universe. Sometimes we give you news, sometimes we make you laugh, but most times we go deep. And I'm here today with our Survivor tier member, Lisa Day. Well, I don't need anybody else. I don't need anybody else at all. No. I don't need, I'm, I'm screaming here. My wife's in the other room. She can hear me. <laughs> Quiet it down in there. <laughs> yeah, but keep it down, you, you piece of shit. Right, right. <laughs> People live in this building. <laughs> it's a Sunday. We're trying to do our best to keep stay ahead of the curve. Uh, the episode that we're recording right now is tied to the episode that we'll be airing later on tonight, which is the sixth episode in the final season of The Walking Dead, titled "Well, which one is it? Is it? It's it's on the inside. On the yes, inside. thank you. It's all bleeding together now. I know because <laughs> I'm going from editing to now recording. Yep, yep. yep. We just. We just premiered last night. Maybe, let's just even call it like several hours ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, our episode pertaining to Out of the Ashes, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. TWD 1105. Mm-hmm. And so we're going right into recording the next episode. Hopefully, and when we're trying to do this on time, we did our recording last week uh, on Sunday in, in an effort to stay ahead of the curve. But we had our Kirk Manley interview later on. We needed to kind of pour our efforts into that uh, because of his exhibition that is still going on this weekend. By the time this premieres it, it will have been over however whoever won the won the what the giveaway that we were we're giving away all his prints plus the, the event poster so whoever won congratulations we don't know we don't know yet but we'll figure it out <laughs> hopefully it's a successful giveaway which means many of you subscribe that didn't before who knows Absolutely. good good luck next time right Elise and I watched this episode. We did a Dave Reacts last night. Dave Reacts recording. You can get the, you can get the unedited version of that. Uh, we, I just posted that last night as well. Uh, I find that really, really good episodes, there's not really much to talk about mm-hmm. because they have a lot of movement. They have a lot of moving parts, <laughs> but not parts that are worth diving into. It's like, okay, this happened. Don't need to talk about anything here. It's pretty cut and dry. It's pretty spooky. I really felt like that whole episode could have just focused solely on Connie and Virgil and we didn't have to branch off and go watch Daryl with, you know, the Reapers. It was an amazing performance by both Lauren and, and Kevin T. Carroll. Kevin T. Carroll. But I mm. almost wish that they could have just kept that Stuck to whole it. that whole episode because it was straight out horror genre. The cinematography, the sound, it was brilliantly done. You're saying still, but still with like the little four horsewomen of the apocalypse. Yeah, you gotta have our four horsewomen coming in to save the day. I liked, I mean, I did like them, you know, gearing up to go look for her and Kelly, you know, on the chase. But other than that, we didn't need to go to Reaper Town and see what was going on. Um, Reaperville. To Reaperville. (laughs) It would have been great just to have had that because that was such a dynamic episode to just have had that episode, you know, embodied. And spending more time on that. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, but I think you know as well as I do that this is the final season, and I think they sacrificed a whole season twelve in order to give us a an abridged, but like also twenty four episode season. So right. between the bonus episodes, between the extra episodes of eleven, to try to give us a full bodied. It's like getting like a three hour movie, but in two parts. Right, we've got <laughs> like, the, almost we're getting, literally. We're getting the cliff notes. Yeah. 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 So they had to like sneak in a little bit of movement in that arc, I think, into this episode. And there are some little bitty parallels mm-hmm. between that those two little pieces. There's two main parallels. I don't know what it means necessarily. I'll, I'll just drop them now. Maybe we can talk about that a little bit. But the first one that I noticed right, 
right away because I'd seen the episode finally. Now I now coming back and I'm trying to get notes. It's like, oh, remember when? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I don't remember who gives him the knife, but I think it's Pope. Pope gives Daryl the knife uh, to use against Frost to interrogate him, right? I think it was Leah's knife. Was it Leah's knife? I think knife? he turns to Leah and she hands the knife to Pope. I thought, I thought, okay. it, was, I thought it was. And then True when Daryl tries to hand it back and he's like, no. Yeah, he hands it back to Pope, though. Mm-hmm. That's that's the interesting thing. So what that par- what, there's a parallel there to where Virgil is giving his knife to Connie near the, not near the end, but like almost the end. Right, right. And uh, of course, in a very, very powerfully emotional contribution from Kevin T. Carroll to Connie, mm-hmm. who also responds in kind, you know, by saying, nah, nah, B, we're not doing this. Mm-hmm. We're not doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, no, no, no. It's together. It's right. together. That delivery says so much. And I know I'm stuck here on the acting, even though I have to get back to the parallel. Mm-hmm. You know, he tries to give her the knife. Refu- and she refuses as well. Mm-hmm. And just like... And I like that it's it's Connie. <laughs> again, I'm going to stir some shit here. Yeah. I like, again, that it's Connie and Daryl. <laughs> refuse- or, or, or showing that Mira... Yeah, it's not like it's Aaron and Connie. It's right. Connie and Daryl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what it means, guys, but I, but you do now. Yeah, they've planted that seed. It's gonna get real. Okay, I, I don't really know what that means. I, I just like that they're on the other side of that mirror. Let's say, or uh, Kevin T. Carroll offering the knife, just like Daryl offered the knife to Pope, and then she says, "No, no, no, we're here together." Which I, I'm not saying that Daryl. First of all, that Daryl is officially joined so, the Reapers because he kind of refuses that crown as well. So when he's standing there and Pope says, "Give him a knife." And, okay. I, and I think Leah hands the knife to him. And then, mm-hmm. but it's actually was Daryl's knife. Cause oh. that's the one, cause he walked off with it. I think, cause I don't think he had a weapon after, you know, before that they had taken him of all of his knives and, bones. which makes sense. So, um, but, but in, I think that was also the knife that Leah had given him. So it's kind of this weird back and forth. What's the deal with the knife? Oh, you're saying the 42 to Saludis <laughs> knife? Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Do you think that was the same knife, <laughs> that one of the same knives that he used to, to plunge it into Beta's face? <laughs> Probably. And, you know, Carol, and when he threw the knife when they were down in the Army of the Dead, yep. and she yep. handed the knife back to him. So Fort Collins. Maybe it's this very dark foreshadowing of something bad was going to happen with somebody in that triangle with that knife. Okay, I feel like, first of all, the obvious answer is Pope. Or but, Leah. But yeah, but then I felt that's where you were going mostly, mm-hmm. though, with Leah. Because it's her knife, let's say. Yeah. I'll say one thing. When I, saw, when I saw Leah have second thoughts about Pope, something that we were forewarned because of Angel Kang had right. mentioned this at the end of the that, that very episode, uh, which was called uh, Rendition, Rendition, right? Yeah. Where, you know, Pope is... First of all, that Pope booted booted bossy into the fire but then also just beforehand you know tested leah by fire leah and daryl by fire Mm -hmm. and she mentions it in this episode and she kind of backs away a little she's like you know just like he did this and that and carver's like wake up we're being tested come on drink the (laughs) kool-aid and i'm like and daryl goes no this world is built so you don't drink the kool-aid you don't have to drink the kool-aid if you don't want to there are no rules here guys well and i think you know that that whole dialogue set between he and Carver and Leah that was where I got the inclination that a Carver has a thing for Leah now whether she was um, consoled by him after they found her again after Daryl left but there is that definite jealousy tension going on there 
but I think Daryl meant what he said to her. I don't. I think he was meaning it, but I also think he was wanting his people downstairs to know this is the woman who I was with when I went looking for Rick. So I think that was a two-fold conversation. He did mean what he was saying to Leah, but he was also trying to let them know, hey, I know her. I was going to actually ask you about that because mm -hmm. I, I was curious about what you thought about that. <clears throat> I wish I was more 100%. I am leaning towards what you're saying, at least in, in, in as much as what you're saying about Daryl really having these feelings for Leah. But I think it's more, I think what's definitely true is him having that background chirp with mm -hmm. his people downstairs, trying to inform them at the very least that this is someone who he had feelings with, if he doesn't anymore. And I, I put this in my notes specifically. The, what's funny about Carver keeping going chirp, chirp, chirp to Daryl, I kept thinking to myself, Carver's right about one thing. Daryl spoke more in this episode than most seasons. The, true. I mean, yeah. I mean, he just, gee, he had a whole monologue. It was really smooth. He relayed what you've got, you know, 15 or 20 people. You've got walls and guns. You know, they've gone on. And, and then trying to let them know, I'm not just being kidnapped by people, by the Reapers. I actually know one of the Reapers. So there was a lot of information given in a very brief amount of time. So when Carver reached down to pull that trap door open, I mean, he was ready to go to town. I think he would have unloaded on Carver. If he would, if he had to, would he have done the same for to Leah? Because I don't think, I personally don't think Leah would be okay with <laughs> Daryl carving Carver. You know, I see down the long road that Daryl will have to kill Leah. Ugh. I, I don't think, like it. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, she's, but she might be to that point of kind of alpha. She's not redeemable. She doesn't want to be redeemed. I think alpha couldn't be redeemed. I think she doesn't want to be. I don't think she wants to be saved by Daryl. I think she's happy with Pope. I don't think. Hmm. And Even I, after the whole scare, the fire mm -hmm. scare and all that? Mm -hmm. Or you think she will reconcile? I think she will reconcile. Yes, it's a test. Ooh. And I think something is going to happen that is going to put someone he cares about from our group in jeopardy. And he will make the choice and he will kill her. Connie, maybe. Or Carol. Yeah. Or, or Carol. Right. Oh, that, that'd be the worst. You had said Leah doesn't want to be redeemed. Leah doesn't think she's done anything wrong. Leah thinks she was with the right squad this, this whole time. I, mean, I, I agree with that. I, I don't think Leah thinks she's done anything wrong. I, I really have a strong inclination in thinking that Leah was fine on her own, kind of mm -hmm. like Daryl was almost fine on his own. Mm -hmm. Daryl had said to Rick earlier in season nine, hey, it was kind of great when it was just us few trying to make it out there on our own. Daryl kind of got his wish. Unfor unfortunately right. for him, he right. felt bad. It's almost like as if he had a self-fulfilling prophecy. Maybe he felt like saying those words out loud made it happen. Uh -huh. And so here he is, for better or worse, mostly for worse. But he finds Leah. Yeah. And maybe Leah had a similar situation. They got separated. Uh -huh. Her quote-unquote nephew slash son, not really, died in her arms. She had to bury him. She felt like she was anchored to this place. Right finds Daryl and they find something in each other that they never had before, maybe in this life or the past. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Seems like they didn't. Right. Right. <clears throat> this is why I don't like where this is going is because for what, for, for all the shit that everybody wants to put on Daryl about what they think should happen. Like I see in just real terms in this show that Daryl and Leah are, may have at one point been meant for each other. Mm -hmm. I don't know about now. 
a lot of times pass. Well, not as much time has passed as we think. I mean, what a year and a half or so, I think, mm. from the last from last he left. Wasn't in the one of the the Find Me episode where Carol was meeting him at the bank. Hadn't it been like two years? Just about probably, yes, yeah. so okay. maybe two so years. Another two yeah. years, and then we know at least another four years because Negan was in jail for six years. Where was that time span of he met Leah? To so has so it maybe been two and a half years? Months? I would say. Has it been years or I mean, because when you think about. When he left the cabin, we see him walking. He turns around. Well, she's she's already cleared out the cabin. So there had to have been a time delay right there that we missed. Yeah. So, it's definitely like the same day or something, right? And then he comes back and he's like, she's gone. Maybe even like a few moments, like you know, within an hour or something like she and books. She cleared out. And that's what brings me back to Carver, right? Because you had said like, okay, Carver's a little jealous, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's necessarily that, but it does remind me of <laughs> Negan looking over his shoulder Everybody behind him, Maggie's crew, knowing exactly who he is and what he did. Mm-hmm. Same with Leah. Leah told at least Carver who Daryl is and what he did, and also what he meant to her. I, I had she had to have told him that, unless she didn't. Something I mentioned in one of the other episodes. It, it appears to me that she left in anger, enough anger to cause some breakage. Right. She took the photo of Matthew with her out of the frame. I think, uh, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken, mm-hmm. and it broke the frame, etc. So she may have, in her anger, left the cabin, found the rest of her crew, whom she had lost at some point. They found her, told this dick bag, yeah, 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 this yeah. motherfucker, and, 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 Carver and never have to tell had, him everything. Right, and Carver could have had a subtle thing for her in his way of doing it. Was, I've always had your back. I was there. That could be. I, I just know that he was only echoing the words she had said earlier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She had said something about, I, I, oh, because you got my back? She's like, yeah, always. And then he does the same thing later on when it comes to Daryl finally saying, I don't give a shit about you guys. Yeah, exactly. I'm <laughs> here for her. Yeah, yeah. I'm just here for her. Yeah. Uh, this, you know, I know I wasn't there for you before, but I'm here now. So I'm not going to let you down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you think, and I, I'm leaning towards, you think that's genuine. I think that's genuine too. I would love to think it's genuine. I, would I, love I do. To think. I do think it was genuine, but I also think it was a tactic. I think him saying all yeah, that. Oh, was, for sure. It was. I mean, I th- I do think he meant those words. <laughs> that's the only thing I know for sure. And you think you think that if it comes down to it, he will try to save her. I that's, think he will try. That's a good question. I think I think he will try, but I think she may make him make the not decision. save her. Make uh, uh. It, it's so logical why people don't want her and him to be together. I get it because you don't know her. Who is this bitch? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she pulled a gun on she him wasn't... once and she pulled a gun on him again. Well, even let's go even simpler than that. Uh, how long, how many episodes has she been, been in? How many episodes has Carol been in? She logged a lot of time on the show. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not this Carol bit. Uh, sorry, not this Leah bit. Oh, I said the wrong thing. Not this Leah bitch. Yeah. Like, oh, three episodes? Oh, really? And he's meant to be with her? Really, guys? Well, so and I, I get think, it. I think Carol is more akin to Daryl being with Connie. I think, I, I think. I would I, like that too. If I remember I'm happy with correctly, that too. I think at one point she even told him, why don't you just tell her how you feel? There, were, you know, there was that conversation maybe when they were sitting on the log or something. And I, what is so I'm ironic not. about that conversation? Yeah. They were yeah. talking about Leah's dog oh, in wow. that same conversation. Crap. Right? Yeah. Isn't that yes, crazy? Exactly. And that was her dog. Yeah, that's right. <sighs> 
So I can. How do we get? How do we get this far in the Walking Dead universe on the TV show? Sorry, more mm-hmm. the Walking Dead show, uh, where we, you know, Daryl's kind of like asexual for the most part, and now what happened? What now he's got like all these different. Well, and really just the two, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Just Connie and, and Leah. Leah. I but, think his you know. relationship with Carol is on a much deeper platonic level. I think he's going to be com- totally conflicted when he finds out Connie's alive. Especially, yeah. if he, especially if he is in any way able to get Leah to come back to Alexandria. You know what that kind of mirrors just a little bit? Hmm. Lori's reverence and love for her husband mm-hmm. after being with Shane. You know, Shane was the one who was there after the fall. So it's like the Connie, let's say. Yeah. You know, Rick was my husband before. Leah and, and Daryl actually, Leah, Daryl was a virgin, apparently. Yeah. And Leo <clears throat> deflowered him. <laughs> let's just say. there's not a little Daryl in the mix anywhere. Oh, that would be something else, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. I, I did propose that after we, after, during our Find Me uh, sorry, it was a find me episode. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I even said that that that's why she ran off. You know, I'm pregnant, and then she ran off, and then because he wouldn't be there for her, she was testing him like Pope did. Oh my God, we just unlocked another secret. She was testing Daryl, much like Pope would test. Well, didn't test them to death. No, didn't like, have a like bossy, but still tested them. Well, you know, and it was it was odd because the conversation that she had with Daryl at the table in Find Me was. It's been what six months, or she says it's been six months, or it's been six. eight months that they've been they've been together. Six months, yeah. And she's like, you know, and what are you going to do? And my first thought immediately went to, she's pregnant. Right, mine too. That was mine immediately too. where my thought process first went, and then I thought, oh crap. So uh, Carver's your son. Oh god, <laughs> how is that possible? Yeah, how right? is that even possible? Creepers, creepers. And we were all wrong about the about the he's he's jealous and no, he's their son. <laughs> he just he's a five. Luke, I am your father. <laughs> I mean, it's not even possible, but, but it's funny thought. Like, oh, time moves fast in the apocalypse. You know, everybody grows up fast. But yeah, I mean, I can see where you're where you put the episode of Daryl and Connie together because those parallels are going to collide. They may be running side by side, but they will collide. Much like Lori, Shane and Rick mm-hmm. in a sense mm-hmm. too. I, I like, and like how odd now we're in the 11th season that we're kind of doing the same thing in the first season or, you know, whatever third. Second, and Daryl might whatever. have to choose. Mm-hmm. And that might be that point of contention where he has to choose Leah. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. She tries to kill Connie. He kills Leah to save right. Connie. I, I don't know Leah, but I so far I've only seen evidence that Leah is a, just a competent fighter, kind of like Daryl. I see. I don't see any malice in her actions. I do see a woman who was happy mm-hmm. with Daryl, and I do see she is. And look, when we were breaking down that episode, I was like, she's not wrong. You're gonna. How many years are you gonna look for one man? And first of all. Who are these people that you abandon, essentially, to look for that man? Right. You abandon them. You, you're willing to abandon me. Yeah. Are, are you willing to do the same with me? And she's essentially right. She He did. And then he realized it too. Now, to his credit, he realized it in the moment and, and tried to go back, but mm-hmm. it was too late. She was fat. You she know, was right. Yeah. <laughs> Leah and But Leah has this... I feel bad for him, by the way. I just want to say that. Yeah. Out I, I do feel bad for him. We all Leah, make mistakes. Yeah, Leah has this unbelievable devotion to Pope. And what was it that she and Pope are the only two that have matching tattoos? That we know of, at least. Yeah, right. Yeah. right. So, oh, and he, she, she, at least she had said out loud, 
I'm your favorite. Mm-hmm. Like she didn't say you're my favorite and you are my sunshine, my only. Son. No, right, she right. just said I'm your favorite. I'm your favorite. Yeah, right. And yeah. so there's there's definitely something there. Do you think Pope was testing Daryl when they came back from their little reconnaissance mission? Do you think Frost spilled the beans? Or do you think he was just pushing Daryl to that edge of seeing if he was going to confess anything? So I did get a chance to watch Inside the Episode with Angel Kane. I think yeah. what she says is, and by, by the way, this is for AMC Plus people, so this is good for people who haven't um, watched AMC Plus. One of the things she says is that Pope is now kind of trying to shake people up. Now, granted, it's not limited to Daryl. He is testing everybody. Mm-hmm. But he is trying to basically keep everybody off balance, not knowing, not not letting anybody in on what he's actually thinking or what he actually knows. And this way he has the run of the game and he can basically at any point snap back into Pope mode and then probably mm-hmm. throw people off their heels. And just like Angela King says, he's kind of spiraling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know his faith is his faith is being tested. Right. In some senses. And he doesn't know who he can trust, obviously, by burning somebody calling him a Judas. His favorite. Sorry, I meant uh, what's her face? Uh, sorry, Leah. Yeah, yeah. Like, but... I mean, you you burn your fa- favorite in the fire. Now maybe he's <laughs> thinking, oh, she's gonna be fine. She's that she's one of the my favorite chosen ones. Oh, you know, God's favorite. Cho- I mean, God's not mine. God's right. favorite chosen God's ones. Favorite, God's favorite. You could just tell from that moment, Daryl and Leah looked at each other like, oh shit, what did Frost say before? Obviously, Pope killed him. Yeah, because, I was thinking the same thing. Because <laughs> I was, you know, and then as he's walking off with Carver, he's whispering in Carver's ear. And kind of laughing, and I'm like, <laughs> and he's probably telling oh, Carver, no, yeah, he's probably saying, listen, I'm, I'm making him think that like I told Frost he's a traitor, <laughs> and then mm-hmm. he's like to Carver, now laugh like you, like you're really, mm-hmm. really, mm-hmm. I told you a funny joke, right. like that's what I'm yeah. literally thinking he tells him, exactly, because uh, but it was you could tell it was in that moment of you know I got everything I needed out of it, and he looks mm-hmm. at Daryl, and Daryl's like, hmm, you know, kind of just shrugs it off, you know. It's funny that we're talking about this right now. Okay, remember? Okay, we're, I'm going to bring this back to Fear the Walking Dead season six. Riley and Teddy in the episode where they're in the school and Alicia's being tortured in the beginning. I forget what the episode's called. Uh, Mother. It's called yes, Mother. Mother. Yeah. In that episode, Riley, this is one of Teddy's disciples. Teddy is a kind of, I have to tell the audience who he is. Yeah. Teddy's kind of like a Jim Jones character, very charismatic uh, cult leader type person. Riley is one of his followers. But Teddy obviously played by Lionel Luther. I mean, uh, <laughs> John C. Glover. John Glover. John C. Glover. Where was that from? Where's the C from? I just made it up. Ted C. John C. Riley. John C. Riley. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be something? <laughs> Teddy played by John C. Riley. Oh my god! So oh, I would love that. Actually, Riley in that episode is, you know, basically sucking up to 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 Teddy. Uh, Teddy's kind of just going, nah, B, nah, this is, this is the mother. This is, this is, she is the chosen one. Like Daryl is to Pope in a mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In this episode, you see a little of that going on yeah. in the interrogation room. Pope is going, <laughs> give him a knife. Yeah. <laughs> in his <laughs> weird, too much twangy Southern accent, uh, which listen, works for television, right? Cause you got to over-exaggerate, mm-hmm. right? A little mm-hmm. bit for television. And Carver's mad. He's got the gun on his side. He's just ain't just itching to go. He's not going to because Pope gives him a look. He goes, no. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Don't, don't, don't. I, I've been anointed by God. What have you done today? That's that kind of look. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? Like, exactly. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I, I confer with God. <laughs> God is here. He is and, angry. And Carver's just like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry right. about that. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. But then by the end of the episode, of course... 
Pope is going to be like, oh, yeah, I'll, you're my guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's, he's trying to confuse him. He's trying to confuse Carver. Because it, it, it's this whole feast or famine thing. Mm-hmm. He's trying to, in one episode, saying, boy, I tell you what, boy. Mm-hmm. In, my, in my stupid Northeastern accent. Boy, I tell you what, boy. <laughs> you kind of remind me of... Uh, I can't say it. <laughs> Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> but that's kind of like literally what's going on here. Right, right. And then later on he goes, ah, I loved you all along. Arm over the shoulder, laughing together. It's like, and then tomorrow he's going to do the same thing to Carver. Right, he's going right. to starve, his, starve him for attention. Yeah, yeah. And then he's going to give it to him at night, let's say. Well, that and maybe, sort of maybe that's where the tension comes in. Maybe Daryl and Carver go at it and he kills Carver and Leah tries to kill Daryl and he defends himself. Could be. But obviously, Daryl is itching to throw Carver on his heels because mm-hmm, he, mm-hmm. and maybe just in maybe the same way that Pope is kind of trying to do the same thing. Like Pope, I think he's trying to make Carver malleable. <coughs> Open your eyes! Like, oh my right. God, this guy is fa- falling for a hook, line, and sinker. He doesn't want to see what's going on. Meanwhile, Leah's like, I was with this guy. Mm-hmm. This guy would have my back. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wasn't with me in Afghanistan. He wasn't, with, but he was with me in the apocalypse. And things accelerate in the apocalypse. Right, right, like, right. Like, like love. Yeah. Like love, everybody. Like love. Love <laughs> really fast. We said this in the pre-show. It was like, it sure must have been something when we all, we all had that inclination that Frost might have been a double agent. But of all people, Rachel had the most, like, oh, this is just a long con and Frost. Now, okay, here's the thing that's going on in my head. Now I feel bad for Rachel because she was really invested in this whole <laughs> Frost being a double agent thing. Now, well, I thought he was too. I really, I mean, that's I really the thing we all got high. And I look, the more she talked about it, the more I was like, oh shit, I'm getting yeah, suckered in. There's a couple things we need to note. We'll get some of the details when it comes to him and Daryl. You could still make an argument <laughs> that Frost may be doing the long con. <laughs> it's dark. Mm-hmm. He's making Walker sounds. Oh, he's tied okay. up. Where he's okay. not really a Walker. Right. And I have to exercise this demon, right? Like I have to kind of like say, okay, you know, it's a convincing con. It's a convincing ruse. I say this because... Throughout this episode, what you may or may not have noticed is that Frost, out of all of Maggie's people, is the only one, I think in my recollection so far, that is wearing literally army camo, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. army uh, infantry camo. Fatigues, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, here's another thing. I mean, what is to say that he was truly the spy, but Pope said, you're a liability now. You know. Oh, you got injured. You're the the sacred cow that got that has a blemish. Right. You're the, you're, you're the sacred cow that has a blemish, and so sorry, you're going to slaughter. Like we had said in the previous episode, if you're an undercover cop, you got to go through the same crap when the bus goes down as the real criminal. And so, yeah. yeah, maybe when it was all said and done, Frost was thinking he's going to save me. He's going to take me out of here because he didn't let them kill him. They didn't, you know, kill him. And Pope just said, "You're a liability." was to say that you wouldn't tell Daryl. But I, I, I want to just root out this argument that like, okay, it's possible that Frost is still alive and that this is a very long con. It's dark. I had a talk with him. I got everything I needed out of him. And, and like, he's just, and the best lies are the ones you can just throw in people's faces mm-hmm. as, oh, this is, can't be, this can't be a lie mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. it's just so convincing. You know, it's the truth. It's right in front of my face. I see Frost. He's all turned. He's, he's writhing around like a zombie. But I, I noted to myself, he, he just doesn't look. I mean, his face is so busted up. Yeah. How do you and know? 
how do you really know, right? It's not like when Simon turned. <laughs> yeah, where you, where you Simon's like drooling you and knew, blood's coming Simon out of his face. Walker. Right, right, right. Yeah. That would be one hell of a turn. So I want to, that's why I said, I just want to put that out there. I want to say that in the ether so that it's out there. And I can just say, because I, I, I don't know what to make of all this, too. While I'm sitting there noticing he's in the army fatigues and knowing that these guys are most likely special forces, that makes more, the most sense to me. Like, I, I can't suspend the notion that there has got to be some sort form of brotherhood amongst military. And yet, maybe Pope has, and I'm, I'm instantly refuting what I'm thinking by mm-hmm. saying maybe Pope thinks he's part of the army of God. Okay. Well, yeah, because... You and you're in the wrong fatigue, did, soldier. Right. You know? <laughs> and you saw what he did to, to Bossy. You know? Oh, and so why not... Why wouldn't why he not, Why not go ahead and do it to for, to another one? You know, and mm. I, and he did burn someone and tie him to a tree and label him a Judas. Which I don't most think, likely seems to be Frost now at this point. Well... He was the our, only one that was... The only body that they could recover, I think. But is our timing still aligned? Because... Agatha is hanging in Reaper Town as they're dragging Daryl. That is the only one that is not, it, it, that feels unaligned. Agatha hanging from upside down. Right. But Cole being burnt alive and chained to a tree, that makes perfect sense to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because they, they got him at the throat. True. And that's what they saw in the woods only shortly thereafter. So they would have... Uh, Agatha okay, got so, okay, I thought you were saying Frost was one burned and labeled a Judas, but... Cole. No, no, no. Cole. Cole. Yeah. Because I, I know think, we keep confusing Cole and Frost. <laughs> yeah, I think Pope expects total loyalty to himself, but I don't think he has loyalty to anyone. Or loyalty to God. Well. Or are we doing God, quote unquote, I guess. Well, maybe, God, maybe. quote unquote. Uh, <laughs> I think he has a very perverted sense of that. And I, I really yeah. hope he and Gabriel can have a coup d'etat about that. Uh, yeah. And we might get like a, a feeling safe versus actually being safe conversation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like a la Ginny. Yeah, yeah. And John, <clears throat> of all people. But I'm just wondering how much longer Daryl's going to try to run the ruse with with them before he tries to make a break. Well, that's a really good question because it seems like he is ready to not. I, I'm. I was a little surprised that he kind of gave up the ghost a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, kind of like Pope. The most convincing ruse is when you show in people's faces. Mm-hmm. Daryl is saying, you know, Daryl's giving that 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 punch, that that like right hook of honesty. In order I don't to kind of shit about any of y'all, I'm here for right. her. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it, it must be, in some senses, refreshing to Carver, too, to be like, oh, maybe you're not really trying to bullshit me. Like, you're not one of those people that, like, Spencer, <laughs> Spencer oh, Monroe, yeah. right? But, yeah. like, Spencer was trying to say, yeah, I'm just like you. Hey, I just want to get along, buddy. Yeah. Oh, let's throw Rick out in the. You ain't the got pasture. no guts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But. But what does Daryl do? Daryl takes a chance and says, these people are, are real. You know, first of all, they're real devoted, but they don't respect people who pretend, right, you know? Right, right. And I don't know about you. Leah seems to read Daryl really, really well. Yeah. Like, she almost knows exactly what he's thinking at all times. Mm-hmm. I know you're lying to me, Daryl. I know you're lying to me. So it, it's like she wants him to be a part of this thing because it's the best of both worlds. I get to be with my family and, and I, I get to be you. with my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's- it happens to all of us. And I love that that's happening here because every time he lies to Leah, Leah knows. She knows. She's and Pussy whipped. But more, but more to the point, she knows. The fact, yeah. the fact is that she's good. Yeah. She's she just knows. good. She, yeah, yeah. 
Or at least with him, she's good. I don't. I don't know about everybody else. I mean, I, if we if we didn't have the spinoff, but oh, the Carol and Daryl spinoff, right? Then I would say Daryl has a doomed future with Leah, or you're saying, with or Leah with, with the with the Reapers. Well, the, the the interesting thing about the Carol and Daryl spinoff is that's all that was said. It's a Carol and Daryl spinoff. Bye, guys. And then they left for a, more than a year. We got that news a, literally a year ago. And so in in my mind, as I was saying that, I was thinking, well, maybe it was a time period that in the during the apocalypse where they may have gone off together. Mm, So so in the past. Right. Right. So not like at the end of all of this. Now they're going off on their own. So you know how Gimple and all these yahoos work. (laughs) Who's to say that they don't take something back and just one of those adventure rides where they went out you know, looking for supplies or something that Mm -hmm. turns into an an extended trip because we know time periods suck on the show. Yeah. We don't know what the time frame is. So I could see them doing that. I could see them hooking us and twisting us. And then, Oh, all of a sudden Daryl's going to get killed. Oh, (laughs) okay. But they're still going to have their spinoff, but it's going to be a retro look back of something. It's going to go a little bit back just to go a little bit forward. Right. Yikes. Okay. And that would be, a travesty. But this is also me saying, oh, I don't want to watch Titanic. I know what happens. <laughs> the boat sinks. So to me, going back in time a little bit and seeing, trying to see maybe during the time jump, maybe we, because one of the things we keep saying is we don't, we don't know. We still don't know how, first of all, Daryl got his scar on his, on his eyebrow. We still don't know how his, his uh, wing got ripped off. We mm-hmm. still don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe this could be one of those things explored in the, in the spinoff. Right. But I keep thinking to myself, I get it. But it feels like milking a teat that's dry, in a sense. Like, why are we going back? Why can't we go forward? Why can't we hand the baton to a whole other set of survivors? Mm-hmm. Or and, and maybe even show some of the things that they're depicting in this season mm-hmm. that are just god-awful. Like, I, this is my way of bringing us back to the episode. Like, with whom I'm going to call Enders, mm-hmm. because... I, and I, and I, I know we've used this word before when it comes to Fear of the Walking Dead, but I call them Enders because that's what they were called in Z Nation. Mm-hmm. And I've watched Z Nation. I it's the Cuckoo Bananas Feral people. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So so these these people have gone feral. And I'm, I'm seeing the trend now. I'm seeing the trend of like the, ma- the maze in, in, in one more. The things, experiences that Maggie's describing that are just absolutely like, you know, and I, I know people have opinions about Maggie, but what is true to her is has got to translate to us Mm -hmm. and i love how the show is actually now showing us what the kinds of things that maggie has seen over the years so that we can actually sympathize with her it's one thing and we say this about ezekiel with carol all the time ezekiel with carol was many 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 years of what people will say oh they were just playing house for six seven years yeah no Most marriages don't last that, right, that long. Right. What am I trying to explain? I'm trying to say, though, that if people don't see it, they don't believe it. Well, and it you shows, know? too, just how sheltered our communities have been at the same time. I think. Or how they, lucky. You think about are. the little circumference of area that they all kind of worked within. And then that circle got smaller when alphas came in, you know, in the whispers, because now we have set borders that we can't cross our circle. And so, you know, here's Maggie. She's been through, you know, Knoxville, Tennessee, and she's been, you know, up into DC, you know, different areas of the country. So yeah, it's, it is interesting to see the, the grotesqueness of decivilization as it has gone. 
Right, right. The, the, how much worse it got. And like we've been saying lately, we find ourselves saying, yeah, things accelerate in the apocalypse. And Negan and so, said we were lucky. Yeah. For all and, the and ne- we had, we were lucky. And then he's saying in the next episode, like, I, just to give everybody a sneak peek, he says something about, like, if I had to do it over all, all over again, I would do it differently. Yeah. Very interesting. Very, very interesting from the Negan episode. character. Yeah, yeah. I cannot wait. I mean, I cannot see comic book Negan saying that. Uh-huh. Ever. Uh-huh. Ever. But I'm, 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 I'm impressed. This is, this is, and I'm, I'm just going to say this on the side. Hopefully it makes the episode. <laughs> this is kind of like what I was saying when he was... And again, another line I was surprised about when he was talking to Judith outside the walls in mm-hmm. season nine. Remember when he climbs the walls? Right. Uh, she Judith, finds him and she shoots the tire out on the... It's either the shooting the tire out part or when he's actually climbing the walls. Okay. So he it says, had to be when they were actually climbing the walls. And Yeah. Cause, well, the, the, the point is the promise that he makes her, I promise I will not kill somebody to, mm-hmm. you know, while I'm out there. Like, I was impressed with that because I was like, oh, that's not something I don't think he would have said. Mm-hmm. First of all, to Carl, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. from the comic book. He says this to her and then is responsible for killing a lot of people. Well, I don't he, think he... He does try. He tries yeah. to help that family, that young kid and yeah. the mother. And then there's that psycho savior that's Scott, like, oh my God, you're no. Negan. Remember that younger kid? Yeah. And he yeah. I, what, yeah. I can't remember. The not tapping. Remember that nut yeah, tapping? Not tapping. But then there was that one guy and he was like, here, here's your jacket. Here's a baseball bat. You know, let's, let's do it. You know? Yeah. 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 Uh, whether he, <clears throat> I don't think he was even a savior. I think he was like, he's the son of a savior. He was the son of a savior and heard the story. And, you know, Negan wound up killing him. And yeah, I think that yeah. was kind of what snapped him saying, I can't keep my promise to Judith. Right, right, right. But it, it's the idea that he would even do that, like that he would make that promise. And so right. when he says something like this to Maggie, I'm, I or I think I'm assuming it's Maggie. I, yeah, we don't yeah, really know. Yeah. I don't think I know. But but it, interesting. But anyway, moving on. I, I, I only bring this up to kind of bring up this idea of like, we're seeing how lucky these people actually were to find to find each other, even though some of those meetings were not the best kind. Mm-hmm. However, we're here now. You know, we're, we're trying to make the best of it. <laughs> You're going to hate. They're going to hate Bang, aren't they? Talking. Can we go talk about the Ferals for a little? Ferals, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Let's go back to the Ferals. That's really what we're talking about. I think we're talking really about, talking about like about. the Hadfields and the McCoys. Let's go talk about the Ferals. <laughs> <laughs> let's go talk about the Daryls and the Ferals. Daryls and the Ferals. <laughs> the Daryls and the Ferals. <laughs> we could have called it that episode. The Daryls and the Ferals. Do, 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 do. You know, uh, when they were running through the woods, did mm-hmm. you? that was the Ferals chasing them. Yes, yeah. Oh, because what Virgil was saying near the end. He was saying they, they, were, they were just us. hurting us. Once we realized they were in there, and I was kind of like, yeah, walkers don't move that fast through grass. Those people behind them were booking. I really thought it was reapers chasing them. That was, mm, that was my first yeah. initial thought. Me too. But Or even, even before the episode, you have these sneak peeks, and you're making... And that, I will say, there's a beauty in the marketing department when they can get you to think ahead of time the wrong thing. That is smart marketing. Because what happens every year of The Walking Dead when they show us a preview? First of all, okay, I, I am impressed every year. You, it feels like they're giving you too much, but then you realize you don't know shit. Oh, yeah, it, yeah. Because that image of that still that was going around the internet, you know, that mm-hmm. woman perched. We never really, yeah. we never really even saw that image in the episode. No, that's a production still, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we saw a woman lunge. But we never saw a woman perch. I was looking for somebody right. perched above something the whole time, you know. What was the best part about that image is about that spoiler, essentially, because fuck everybody for doing that. Right. Like, really, like, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> Se- second game, because you didn't put the tag, you didn't put, which I filter out. Yep, yep. But that aside, 
What was great about that image was, yes, you're right, it didn't show up anywhere in the episode. Two, it was so outlandish that it looked like it was from, like, The Conjuring or something oh, yeah. like that. Yeah. So, like, I'm like, okay, well, this isn't TWD. I don't, really? They're just throwing crap out there. And really, literally, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't from TWD. Yeah. It was It was just a production still. And, and Nick Otero, he directed this episode, which, uh, you know, it's so funny because you can really feel him when he directs episodes. But I, I still think... He had to have gotten on the phone and called Rob Zombie. Because you know, I kind of like this is so... The devil's Rejects. Devil's Rejects. and you know, uh, I don't want these smelly, crazy people. If they ever give us any kind of a flashback of what Maggie saw, you know, that straight up has to be a Rob Zombie directing. But it was, it was probably one of the most well-directed cinematography sound. In fact, a friend the sound of mine, was incredible. When we were watching that, I said... Mm. It happened so fast with the changing of the sound to no sound that I didn't, in between that and the music that right? I didn't that I didn't catch it the first time. Right. And then when I right. rewatched it, I'm like, "There's no sound." And yeah. then I and I we were talking. I said, "You know, they did that in the cornfield. You know, yeah. when she had the baby, and it's just but that was just like straight up hard." And I watched after I should say after dark, but the after mm-hmm. episode with Angela and she. I mean, they nailed it. Wanted that horror house feel and golly did that ever and it was so funny because the whole time you are thinking to yourself maybe she is having ptsd flashbacks yes yes that is exactly what i was thinking you're on virgil's side first of all right right. and like even as much as i like kevin t carroll i know what virgil did yeah and yet at the same time you see Connie have these kind of little flashes a little bit in the beginning. You see Virgil kind of going, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just, I'm just innocent. I didn't give people Jimson weed. Right. Like also saying like, you haven't slept in two days. You may be seeing things and like, yeah, that makes sense. That checks out ostensibly. And And I'll go go look it through the house again and, and stuff like that. And, and and you're thinking Connie, you're crazy, right? I I don't know about you. I was Uh, feeling like she was just, Having that PTSD, especially I felt it so internally when she went in between the walls to mm-hmm. me I, and she and you could see it. And it was it was raw emotion that I could actually feel for her of those flashes then were coming into her head. And she's in that tight and enclosed space. And I thought, you know, she's back in the cave. And oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and no light. Right, no, no light, no water, and no sound. You know these flashes of these eyes and these faces right in front of you, and you know knowing how she kept her hand on the walls at all times so that she could feel the vibration. It was very permeable what she was feeling, and it was a mixture of PTSD flashback and reality, and it, it was the blending of those two that really I think tailspin that into such a horror feel the way that the sound drop dropped out was by way of the pocket door and it wasn't the only time when the pocket door slammed shut and virgil and she were separated right that's when the sound went out right away and you didn't notice it at first because you heard the sound of the door but then you suddenly felt the absence of of sound and that and was her like, perspective right and they wanted you to feel that perspective, which is a little a little bit different from what they were trying to do in the cornfield in the sorghum field Sor- sorry sorghum, sorghum field because there's a hilltop because the sorghum field was on the nose. It was just like, okay, here's a matter of fact. When we when we put you in Connie's first person view or second person view, the, you're, you're feeling what she's feeling, you're seeing what she's seeing, you're hearing the blood in your ears uh-huh, only. Uh-huh, uh-huh. 
but that's about it. But with this thing, it drops out suddenly when, whenever we switch camera views. And sometimes music will creep in. Sometimes it will be, not be there at all. Right. You know, and I love the choices they made with respect to that. <laughs> Yeah, like the music is what she feels in her in her in her heart as it's trying to pump blood as fast as possible to get her to move her ass out of that goddamn room or something like that. Right, and you know, and the urgency that she felt when she was trying to alert Virgil to the one crawling out from under the corner. Oh, that was the worst. That was the worst because I'm sitting there going, I'm screaming at the TV for her, you know, going turn around, turn around. You know? Oh God! That perspective—the perspective that she—that they made it seem that she had when she was looking at Virgil—and then this guy, almost seemingly coming out of nowhere, right. like coming out of the scenery, kind of like the ring. Mm. It was so well done. Like the the way that the, the the shot was lit with Virgil in the room, it just everything worked right. It, the carrot, the silhouette of the, um, the Ender, the Feraler, Feraler. Coming out of of the, of the scenery, it wasn't dark. It wasn't ambiguous. It was like, oh, I can oh. see this person very clearly. Yeah, exactly, and, exactly. And then you know you have the throwback to the. Sh- you felt like it was like The Shining when the knife goes right by her face. You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was. Seven acts. It was. It was absolutely a brilliant, brilliant performance. Even through her PTSD and through the trauma of that, she had the wherewithal to remember cover myself with walker blood and i'm gonna open this door and they're gonna eat again passes, you know <laughs> yeah oh but you notice one thing in the second watch at least i i've only watched it twice mm-hmm. up until the moment the moment that virgil sees her hand he's convinced it's one of these enders yeah. oh yeah, yeah 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 you see it in his face he's like he's like literally like about to to, to knife the person that's coming out through the hole sees it's it's connie's bracelet point. slash hand yeah and he pulls back and he, oh, you can see in his face like oh my god oh, i just about killed i him. need to reach in and get her out yeah. of here yeah oh, i love that man i love kevin t carroll i love him so much i, was, I make i let him know on twitter all the time i was so, <laughs> so, I was so pleased to see the transformation of his character through his encounter with michonne because I think he was probably a good guy. I think he had just lost that touch of reality when he lost his family and was trying to hold on to everything in whatever demented way it was. But just knowing that he is now telling Connie, you get to your family, whatever you have to do. Here's my knife. You go and protect yourself. Because it's not just, it becomes like not just about me and my desires and what me trying to live on past my family and, and trying to make hell for other people. Right. It, this is me saying, whatever happens to me at this point, I know I've done something good by connecting this person with her family. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and I may be wrong. Sometimes I am. A lot of the times I am. But I feel when, when Connie was insisting together, 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 it's like, you're wrong. I, we are family, too. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. We, you're mistaken. You're wrong, Virgil. Right, right, right. You, you don't understand what it means to have a found family. Right. You may lose your biological family. You may even lose your found family. We're here together now. We cannot. We can't. We do cannot this separate. Alone. We can't do this alone. Right, even yeah. when he gets stabbed. By the way, this is what I like the most about this. When he gets bluntly stabbed by that the the table leg chair mm-hmm. from that one at Ender Farreller, <laughs> um, female one, I think it was too. Right. She just drags him out of the room. Doesn't leave him behind. Not like Otis. Right? You're right. <laughs> she does the thing. And I am so impressed. But I want to go back to what you said about 
Michonne of all people. Michonne, what did she do with her, her, it was her husband or her brother, her husband and her brother, I think it was. Those were the two walkers she had chained to her to kind of mask she the smell. with her. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah. Get, kept her family together. This is something I didn't bring up in the episode uh, where we broke down our first encounter with Virgil and Michonne. Right. But like the irony of him keeping his family close and hung in the other mm-hmm. in that other room with all those walkers, and the irony of Michonne having done that for quite a while. You know, we've seen a lot of that character enlightenment, I guess you could call it, with Michonne in regards to her brother and her husband and talking with Virgil with Carol in the last episode with Aaron. So there's a lot of enlightenment, but and you but you cannot survive in the apocalypse and not have enlightenment. And recognize your mistakes. Even Negan saying in this preview of this next episode, if I had done it, if I could do it over, would I do it different? Yes. I'm kind of worried. Do you think Virgil's going to live? I'm I'm biased, extremely biased, because I love Kevin T. Carroll. He's just such an incredible actor. It would be, to me, like as a, a human watching a show, it would be such a waste mm-hmm. to lose him. I know he would die spectacularly. <laughs> say that much. Right. I can see them getting him back to Alexandria and saying, this is what I know about Michonne. This is where she was going. And then, you know, and then he died mm. something like mm. that. Yeah. Um, mm. Maybe the means for other actors to make it to, let's say the movie or mm-hmm. wherever mm-hmm. we're going to see her again. Yeah. I, I know that the one thing that they said about Andrew Lincoln was that he was not showing up on any of these goddamn shows. They never said anything about deny. I don't think they, they never asked about deny. They I have think. that characters of Rick and Michonne in the opening credits. I can't see him not coming back for mm. a moment. Even if they say that he, there's just not happening, guys. Just not happening. If he's in L.A. and he's filming, who knew Jadis was going to show up on World Beyond? So well, I can see you know, coming, it makes sense, though. If they're truly going to have a, a future going forward Rick and Carol spinoff, the kids have got to go somewhere. The World Beyond kids? No, Rick, uh, RJ and Judith. Oh, okay, okay. And so <laughs> I can see, I can see the world beyond. So I can see them coming back and saying to who, whomever has survived up to that point, this is where we're at. Come with us. And so maybe some of our characters go off with them. Some of them are dead. And Daryl's like, I'm just gonna ride my motorcycle. Right. Mexico's looking good. We, we've done what we well. Doesn't look that good now. <laughs> or, well, sorry, I'm fear the walking out, dead. But yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, that's that's kind of what I was I was worried about when we were talking about that, like the end of the the end of the uh, of fear the walking dead. I, I forget who says this, but I, I think it was Gimple himself, if not somebody else. It was saying how we are going to be retroactively painting in the events of fear the walking dead season six, or the end of the events of fear the walking dead season six into the greater universe it's it's former consequences it's current consequences and the future consequences of Mm -hmm. those of what happened there which it and i was thinking about this and i'm glad we have the time to talk about this for a sec it does explain a little bit something that i was concerned about that i resolved with saying okay the bog remember the b you watched world beyond right so the bog was where this great tire fire that will never end. Right. Where all most of the walkers in the area are drawn to and right. stay there because that's, there's nowhere else to really go when you're attracted by all this fire day and night. Right, right. So that's how I resolved how, oh, there's no real walkers everywhere. The walkers that remain are just, they're irreve- irrevocably attached to the scenery, right? Yeah, right. Attached to the log, attached to the chair, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The one walker with the fireflies everywhere. So they're distracted. They're, they're either distracted or held back. But it still felt 
off, right? Like, it mm-hmm. still felt there should have been more people. There should have been this, should have been that. The nuke, the fallout, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the storms, the nuclear, the, 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 the radioactive storms that would happen post-apocalyptically. I can see that being part of the problem. So are our, are our two shows now running parallel time-wise? Or oh, is so the Walking World Beyond Dead, and Walking Dead. Now, is The Walking Dead a little bit ahead of fear? Walking Dead is definitely a, a, a little bit ahead of World Beyond. But as far as fear goes, it, is, it has been said that they are probably either in year four or year five, at worst year six, uh, you know, from the, from the apocalypse. Okay, so, well, that would make sense because Morgan left right after the all-out war. With yeah, Negan. which is year two-ish. He knew that Rick saved Negan, but he wasn't there for that period. He left just shortly after. Right, for the bridge uh, and all that. After all that. Yeah. Yeah. So, But I had always thought that World Beyond was way after The Walking Dead. So, like, Fear was behind, Walking Dead, and then World Beyond was way ahead. I We had thought that, too. Well, we, when we got the initial... Re- idea of where they were and what was happening we thought oh it's 10 years in the future from (laughs) where the walking dead is right it's actually a little bit behind the walking dead okay oddly enough yeah but it's not that far behind those because i have not watched the world beyond so i was always thinking that like those kids that are being shown on there would be like the ones from (laughs) right like jerry's kids growed up or herschel you know growed up initially we thought that too yeah but since they have brought jadis back in so i can see now where we're shifting and it's either getting close in line or somewhere in that but right jadis six years post time jump etc yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so Mm -hmm. okay do you think our group is going to re-merge or do you think we're still going to be fractured? I mean, and by fractured, not like emotionally, like Negan and Maggie. But yeah. I mean, do you think they're still going to be divided? Or do you think they're all going to wind up going to the Commonwealth? Or do you think they're going to try to, you know, maintain their own space? I know Aaron does not want to leave Alexandria. I, I noticed his verbiage in, in the last episode was not yet. I like that he said yet because it doesn't mean he it doesn't mean he's going to like, oh, I'm not I'm never going to leave. No. Not he yet. knows when to cash his checks. Yeah, 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 his chips rather. Yeah, or at least from the verbiage, it seems like we don't know what is going to get him to maybe dig his heels in. There could be another factor that comes up that makes him say, "Oh, I don't, I shouldn't, we shouldn't leave these people." But I don't know. You never know. Well, the Commonwealth to me is is so is almost like uh, Woodbury. I have that Woodbury feel. That's yeah, something I know. mentioned. Uh, yeah. And I love what Angela King said. You know, they've tried to recreate a world that maybe didn't need recreating you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and and ha- but however i to answer your question for real though when you were talking about possibly rick reuniting with michonne reuniting with judith reuniting with rj my brain goes this is the walking dead that's not going to happen mm-hmm. it's just not going to happen some variation of that will happen, but I feel ultimately something, it's just, it's, you think something's going to make that, that deny would come by. I just don't know. I, I don't know what to think about that because there's a danger in being so horribly wrong about expecting that that will happen. There's something so horribly wrong about thinking that because then what are we watching for the past 11 years right. slash almost 12 years by the time the movie comes out, let's say. What have we been watching? What well, did, what, did we really not learn a off. thing? And I would be really pissed off if I were Daryl and Carol and Aaron and you know yes. Gabe. And all of a sudden, here's Rick. I'd be like, well, where, the fuck were you? where have you been for the past seven years? And we've been yeah. doing all this. I mean, you either yeah. have to have serious amnesia and not know anybody 
or the threat that you have in not being able to come back is so gigantic that he didn't that, want to jeopardize their lives. Yeah, exactly. Because the story, Which on, any one of them would do. Like Daryl, story on the street them. is the CRM's not very nice when he gets down <laughs> to it. That's the story. That's the word on the street. <laughs> they got street cred. So I've heard. So I've heard. They're not very nice. Yeah, they just just you know they don't have. Very good manners. I hear they're ill tempered. Kind of makes you wonder: Did the Reapers come from the CRM? Uh, if they are, they'd be the CRM's rejects for sure, because yeah. they believe in religion. First of all, wink, wink, communism. Wink, wink. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely writings on the wall. You always want there to be some kind of a happy ending for the people yeah. that we've invested yeah. twelve years of our lives with. Yeah. But in reality, it's, it's dangerous where they're at right now, don't right. you think? Right. In reality, we like know, the show. I mean, the showrunners and stuff. Right, and we it's, know it's, a, it's that, a hard needle to thread. And we know that people are going to die. That we have had vested, vested so much of you know our life with, and right. you know, and things like, that. and that they've invested their lives with to create. Right, because um, we've watched Dawn of the Dead, Land of the Dead, something of the Dead, everything of the Dead. We know how these things go. We know that zombie apocalypse stories do not end well. They're not supposed to end well. They're about humanity losing, ultimately losing. Unless it's World so, War Z. What? <laughs> yeah, but that's, yep. Yeah, eh. We've talked about this in the last episode as well. There is something to, to be said about, well, we're talking about World War One, World War Two, etc. But also, like we were saying, we're talking about Vietnam. How those, how these wars, okay, nobody really wins a war. It, it's just, it is a matter of who lost more and who is able to control the board as when the smoke, when the dust settles. Right. You what know, and, and it's, it's not day. winning or losing. Mm -mm, mm -mm. I mean, we're using simple words to describe something that's so horrific. Exactly. You know, U.S. entered the war in World War One, lost uh, 156,000 soldiers in one year. And it does not make sense to me. It, mm -mm. I can't fathom it, especially like after the last eight, 15 years. I mean, we've barely scratched the tens of thousands. Yeah. Not well, even, and when you probably. think about and when you think about like the zombie apocalypse and, and the movies that you've talked about, even when you think about like World War Z, where the zombies still took over, all we did was figure yeah. out a way to work with them. But we had to inject ourselves with viruses, you know, coronavirus. The coronavirus. We had to get coronavirus to be able Maybe to survive the zombie apocalypse. So it's going to end and it's going to end sadly because I don't, there's not a glorious ride off into the sunset except for Carol and Daryl. Yeah. There's going to be tears. And we a don't lot know how that is. You know, is it going to be Carol and Daryl or is it going to be two different, completely different characters? I'm almost convinced. I wouldn't be mad about Negan and Judith pairing up by the end of it. I wouldn't be mad. But then I'd be saying like, they're not, it's never going to be that simple. It's never going to be that easy there's you know, not it, it is gonna it, it's gonna exemplify this found family thing for sure the thing that they've been talking about this whole time like family's not biological it's you know mm -hmm. but it's too easy it's too predictable yeah i mean so, and and, and henceforward you know their the struggles continue and if that's the case then the show could have continued in some portion um you know i think even jeffrey d morgan he was on a, a recent talk show and he's like yeah, I want a spinoff, but I don't want it to be a retro. I want it to be something going forward. Or yes, I yes. want Negan to go down swinging. I want him yeah, to go out. I did hear that quote. You know, going out in, you know, a blaze of glory. Like if he dies, I want to go down swinging. Yeah, and if he does, if he does move on to a spinoff, which it's not, 
that rumor is so unconfirmed, it's it's ridiculous. Like yeah. even Jeffrey D. Morgan's kind of like, am I getting a spinoff? Like maybe. I'm maybe. like, let's just make that whisper campaign happen. But uh, I, I don't know. I think I there's know. I think there's a few of our cohort group that will survive to the end, but they may get taken out by the CRM. <laughs> <laughs> the Reapers. In the yeah, meantime, the CRM could come and say we're taking the kids and. To hell with the rest of you, you know. Wow. At least with the children, they could train them and bring them up as they wish. But I feel like the way they're going to end the main series, though, is going to be in a way that's very unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. I say this because it would be the best and easiest way to get you to watch what comes after. The Rick movies spin-offs. or whatever they are. Yeah, the, the Tales yeah. of. the Because mm-hmm. I, I feel like if they are going to do this right, whatever further spinoffs that they continue to run like Fear the Walking Dead or maybe even resurrect World Beyond, Next Generation, <laughs> or, right, right. or Tales of the Walking Dead. There's going to be a through line. And I can't imagine the CRM, or sorry, the CR, let's just call it, because the M is just the military, right. technically. I see them outlasting the movies and the show, right, for sure. Right. Commonwealth, I can see that also riding to the sunset in, perpetu- in perpetuity. Yeah, yeah, There's no reason why that would fall, right. because they need that. Humanity needs that. Like, right. It, 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 somewhere. And if they've got 50,000 going strong for all of they their... must be doing something Well, right. for all of their nuances and how we may feel this is not right to be or in alien. that particular you know, system. You know, as we saw real quick with Yumiko and Tommy, for whatever weirdness about it it has worked. Like he said, I almost forgot what it was like out there. And she was probably thinking... I can give you a real quick damn lesson, you know, or <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> let me, let me, let me, your tell, let me your... give you a cliff note summary of yeah. everything. I would love to see Daryl and Carol ride off into the sunset and at some point merge with our Fear of the Walking Dead. Because I know that the cast members have said, you know, they would love to work with <laughs> They've all said. They've all said. With... They want to work Carol more than anybody, by the way. Nobody. Melissa McBride. They all want Melissa McBride. <laughs> Nobody cares about Daryl. Poor Daryl. Norman Reyes, really. <laughs> Poor Daryl. Even if it was just for a couple of episodes, not where they have to join the cast or anything, but have that that touching um, going in and, and being you know with the with the group for a while. But they're going to have to clean the damn air up first before they get down there, <laughs> or, or be somewhere else. I just don't. I can't see Texas and and that whole southern Southwest being a viable destination it's barely a viable destination pre-nuclear fallout you know it's barely viable before (laughs) i do not condone this statement (laughs) (laughs) i live in the south i can say it i mean if you want a quick suntan maybe (laughs) right a little crispy two Um, two second suntan when we were thinking about the ferals i just laughed because how fast after the Walking Dead started. Did we find? Did we run into Terminus? I mean, I'm thinking like in oh, a lot of people have drawn that comparison. Yeah, I wonder how many months that was or weeks that was. It's pretty fast, wasn't it? It's was pretty like fast. Year. Like, eh, we're not going to try to do anything else. We're just going to bring people here and eat them. Yeah, I'd probably give it about a year. We're not going to try to. We're not going to try to hunt and forage and garden. We'll just bring people here. Right. Put a couple of clever signs in a in a broken world down a down a train track, which is easy to kind of let people. Which is kind of what these ferals kind of did as well. I mean, another tie and another parallel that we see in this episode is the mailbox. The mailbox that Virgil and Connie see in the beginning is knocked over near the end when Kelly is in that crossroads. Yes, now I don't know what that means to be honest with you. That was an intention. Uh, that was intentional. Right. It it was to to lead 
unsuspecting humans to say, oh, there's a house here. And then, and then once they get them there, well, we don't need the mailbox for right now. Right. That is our house that's there. Right. That's not a random house. We're not random wild people. That's now, we, our house. We, a friend and I, did a little bit of research because we were like going, you know, their eyes were so wicked. So we were and researching. And or something. And that eating of human flesh, particularly human brain, causes mm. issues with liver and pancreas. But if you eat of the human it's brain. Toxic. It's toxic. It can create in the humans like mad cow disease. Well, there's also a thing called wasting disease. I, I forget what exactly what it is, but it's the wasting of your faculties to, mm -hmm. for the starters, right? Your brain starts to re decline in cognitive behavior, and no matter what you eat, you can't put on the weight. Kuru, K-U-R-U, is what is a brain disease that's similar to mad cow disease that you get mm -hmm. from consuming a human brain. What are the symptoms? I knew you were going to ask me that. Uh, very rare disease is caused by an inf infectious protein, kind of like, oh, it's the pro it's, it's, it's wasting disease. It's difficulty prions. Walking, difficulty walking. Well, they did have that. Yeah. Who was found among people disease. of New Guinea? Coordination problems. But yeah, there, I mean, there just is, don't eat their brains. There is a reason we do not consume one another. Well, and, and you notice when the walkers are coming in, the feralers, they, they had a pretty specific response. Fight mm -hmm. or flight. Right, and it was weird. Some of the some of the pharaohs jumped on the walkers and tried to fight them. I don't try to get maybe away. Even, maybe even tried to eat them. I know. I didn't really notice whether it, that was it happening. Was really, it was like a zombie pharaoh orgy. They were all like <laughs> intermingled. I noticed that one walker on the floor was like stumbling around. It's like, what the fuck? You're not supposed to hit me. <laughs> right. I'm not used to this. Right, this? exactly. I'm supposed to eat you. You're supposed to die. That's how this works. Yeah, it, was, <laughs> it was, you know, it was, it was really good. But then you're, you're thinking, and I love what Angela King said, you know, about the portraits in the hallway with the eyes all taking away all the vestiges of humanity. And I'm like thinking to myself, what causes people to get that far down the rabbit hole? Was it because of their starvation? So when they were starving, they hence began eating human flesh, and then that created this psychological bananas, deal. Right. They didn't stand up and walk. They were like animals again. Yeah, oh, well, even, it descended even further into that. So uh, what I was trying to explain earlier, when, when they were on top of Virgil, when that one was on top of Virgil, was cho trying to choke him out. Mm -hmm. it was and, oh, Kevin Takara. Kevin Takara. Hungry. So, I mean, if you have this wasting disease, you know, your cognitive decline, speech is just barely hanging on you know you eat you don't gain weight etc you get tumors everywhere or whatever it's uh -huh, going to be uh -huh, uh -huh. you're you're gonna just default to whatever gets you the food fastest and if it's human if it's hurting humans and stuff like that yeah that's gonna be the way to go i mean i'm sure they're doing the same thing with the walkers the walkers seem to be like when connie's looking outside the walkers seem to be drawn towards something that's moving right you know not her You'd think they'd be banging on the walls, but they're like, no, they're walking this way, away from the door or whatever it is. Right, right. They're, they're spinning around in circles, kind of like the whispers. Were you surprised they, at how many were actually in the house? I was. Because oh. you're thinking, how many, how many, uh, one, maybe two. There's a, is it, like is a whole a family? damn family. Is this a found family? Is it, or is this an actual family? I think even Angel Kang's going, no, that's not the original. <laughs> I was like, that's cute, but no, it's not. I think it's a group of people a found family who tried to make it on their own and got into this cycle, even though it was removing the vestiges of humanity, it was also, they didn't want the people judging them for whatever they were doing. So maybe. Oh, they, so they, cause they're looking at them. Right. Ooh. So maybe they removed the eyes on those portraits early in their 
cannibalism when they were still like determinist people, still had their faculty. Maybe these are some of the determinist people. Like when they mm. still had their faculties and they felt those eyes judging them for what yeah. they, because that is a taboo and wrong. And so they said, you know, not so much. Yeah, like, we're just trying to survive. Stop judging us. <laughs> right. So not so much removing the vestiges of humanity from them, but I think it was more of removing the looks of the judgment. judgment upon them. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's no coincidence that, like, it, when I had watched it, and you'll see in the Dave Reacts, whenever I post it, that the first thing I said was, oh, that's Owen the Wolf, right? Owen the Wolf didn't last long, even though Morgan uh -huh. gave him a little grace. You know, that's what he turned into. I was like, oh, it's, it's the wolves. Oh, and, the wolf. and we just saw the other blonde wolf in the other in the beginning of the other episode. Right, right. And so why would it be that strange that I would have that reaction? Or, you know, what if this is some of the Terminus people? Yeah, Terminus people mixed with the wolves, mixed with the, yeah, a bunch of other people, which is to say, like, everybody else did not win out. Survival of the species did not win out. Adaptation did not win the day. Mm -mm. Maybe we're not the apex predators that we thought we were. No, we're right? not. We're not. You know, and so it just goes to show, it really does go to show that like we were lucky. And that's kind of what I wanted to go back to was we were lucky. We had each other. We, we maintained our humanity somehow. We decided to keep having kids, even though like supplies are dwindling. People like idiots like the Wince Whispers are out there. Well, and my friend was like, you know, what did they do with the babies that they had? Mm -hmm. uh, they may have ate them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wouldn't be that strange. Wouldn't uh -uh. be that strange. Uh -uh. What are they going to do? Feed them? Like breastfeed them? Here. Have a leg. Have a <laughs> turkey have a, leg. Have a stick on a toe. <laughs> God. I can only imagine like <laughs> dental health. <laughs> like, But like none of them, all of them were, and that's, that's, whoa, whoa, whoa. Think about where we are and how old those people might have even been. Like as if they were in like their 25s, they were 15. So they may have been teenagers when this all went down. Mm -hmm. Oh boy, let's that's a that's an interesting thought because they all seemed pretty young. They all were very young. So what do you, what do you think? What if they were a group of friends who you know lost their parents and said we're gonna go out? Maybe they're like world beyond kids who mm -hmm. lost their way and the logical said, conclusion, <laughs> right? And said we've got to eat, and it may have started out like you know the Donner Pass or like the Alive situation where somebody in their group dies and well. Let's eat them. You know what I was even thinking? The house is not being used as a house. Mm -mm. I don't think they live there. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. It would make sense that they would from our point of view. But that's the thing. To trap your prey, you have to lull them into a sense of comfort. What is a spider's web to a fly than a comfortable place to land right. until you try to get out? Right. That was interesting to me because like, now that I'm thinking about it, of course, these people were human. They know what humans are comfortable being in. Mm -hmm. So they're leading him. They're propping up the mailbox. There's a house here. They're putting it down for when so they weren't there's just completely people crazy. Under. They weren't completely right. crazy. Well, and so, no, they're super intelligent because, at least instinctually, because they know this is our spider's den. This is where we trap the flies. This is where the magic happens. Well, as you saw in the basement, that's probably where their feeding ground is. And then they jet out and they and they look for their next prey. They they circle that and they lead them towards this house. Safe place. It's a good I, formula. I agree though. with you that you know these kids these were kids when all of this happened. And probably friends or siblings and probably knew the house. It may have been a family member because it does it is an old house. 
Hearts because even Virgil says his father or his grandfather had one of those hidey hole for used razors. Right. And yeah. so maybe it was a house that one of them was familiar with mm. and went to. It has hiding places. You could hide from people if they broke into the house and things like that. Oh, I see. One of the Farrell's. One Farallows, of the Farrell's. Right, right. <laughs> or so, Enders or whatever. Um, but yeah, these were these were teenagers when this started because no, they were not older people. They were young. They were in their twenties when you know yeah. when we see them. You can even see it. They probably started out faking this. This this. First of all, the noises in the woods sound a little bit like walkers ish. Yeah. You know, so they're probably trying to say, oh, the danger's here. So you need to run in this direction. Right, right, right. They they go to this side, they flank them that side, say, rah, 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 and they point in that direction until they get them to the house. And maybe they were pulling an act Mm -hmm. much when they were much younger. Mm -hmm. And then eventually they just became the thing because of their wasting disease, they became the thing they got used to. Right. Kind of like walkers. They may have been steering people there to steal whatever supplies they had from them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe it started with supplies. There were no supplies to steal. So, well, we're, we're hungry. We'll just, you know, eat you. Yeah. And it could have been like eating people the whole time. It just like gradually over time, that's what ends up happening. But, what the thing about the kudu that you mentioned mentioned before, though, the, what was the key <laughs> defining factor is that it wasn't just the it wasn't the flesh of the living or the having just lived. It uh-huh. was these people had been dead. The people that the brains that they ate of the of the relatives that had passed were dead already. So right. you're talking about dead flesh, necrotic right. brain right, tissue. Right, right. Maybe they maybe oh oh okay. Hold on a second. Well, I know where you're going. So maybe they ate the not the dead. Right, right. That's what well, happened. That's what you know. Old Doctor Doolittle told Rick was we're all infected. Mm-hmm. So whatever out there is a biological that was already there. So maybe it doesn't turn you into a walker, but it turns you into a living variation of a walker. Oh, that's a tough one to swallow. Only because the saviors would have would have had that from all the. The pigs eating zombie flesh, like, the, or well, I don't know, I don't know. Well, it's we a haven't tough seen one. any animals being contaminated so right. far. So right. far, not right. like on Z Nation. And, and and the so the pigs eating the zombie flesh didn't seem to affect the pigs at all, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. And then they would slaughter the pigs, give it to the saviors. It's been going on like that for a while, for you know maybe maybe even up to two years, maybe, maybe even a year. It kills the virus, kills the bacterial virus in it, just like they did Bob's leg. Mm-hmm. So, but now what you're entering into though is what if what if these enders or feralers or whatever what if they didn't cook their meat they probably didn't i don't maybe think that's did. log maybe that's the logical conclusion to make is that they didn't and this is what ended up like this like weird hybrid of a weird zombies human. but we're humans yeah walker human yeah yeah the repetitive nature of but i don't know i don't know i'm not willing to go that far but it's a good conversation to have though because you know we're entering into territory where like we We'd look stupid if the next episode they proved that, first of all, that there's more of them out there. Ugh, God, oh, I hope crap. not. crap, yeah. But um, Now you've got reapers, <laughs> whispers, and ferals. I'm sorry, yeah. it just makes me think like Hatfields, McCoys, and ferals. <laughs> and ferals and derls. Ferals and derls. And, and merls. And the merls. <laughs> <laughs> and lurls. Lurls? No, Lurls and derls. There is a story there with them, and maybe Maggie ran into something like that. Maybe she'll be able to say, oh, y'all saw those too, you know? <laughs> She probably, yeah, she probably has so many stories like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the spiders. We ate the spiders, too. Right. Uh, Herschel says. Yeah. I do like the little bit about Connie's pad when Kelly finds it in the campsite. We do see Virgil's orange backpack. I was mad because I'm like, flipping so fast. I don't read that fast. Quit flipping so fast. 
It's a good thing there's a pause button. Because I have all of it. Yeah. Because she's literally able to see a conversation between her and Virgil. Mm-hmm. You know, which is which is great. Trapped with the dead, walked with them for days, no light, no food, little water. Virgil says to Michonne told me. So that she must he, he must have been answering a question, mm-hmm. Michonne told me. You know, like, oh, how did you get here? Michonne told me. We're being followed, or isn't that wasn't that where somebody's Event- Yeah, eventually, like yeah, Michonne told me, Connie says, Where is she? Virgil says, I don't know. She left to look for someone, was hoping to see her. Connie's, and then Connie says in the next page, it feels like we're being watched. Virgil says, it's late. We'll pack it first light. That's actually something I, I wanted to talk about because when we broke down one of those episodes ago, uh, we talked about the, the time between Hilltop's fall and because that's when Eugene decides to go and find Stephanie. And so we, we, we surmised it was about a month. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that what Virgil and Connie have been? Have, have they been running away from this threat for that long? You know what? We lost Connie a while, a little while earlier. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't think so. Because she kept looking at that piece of paper in the house. And that piece of paper mm. was some kind of a map back to Alexandria. Or maybe even Hilltop, right? Maybe yes. Hilltop, right? It's right, because she doesn't know Hilltop is done right. either. She doesn't. I think she's disoriented. I think she's going on no sleep. I think she's going on PTSD. And I think they've been trying to find home and i think when they she said i think we're being followed i think that had to do something with right there where they camped for that night and then of course kelly comes upon the horse that was slaughtered so i don't think that they were being followed that long by their by the perils this whole time it could be that it has been those two days maybe it was just those two but then it makes you think what have they been doing for the past month plus it could be only a few days from the time that Carol was in the cave. Well, it could have been just a few days since Virgil, because we don't know how long Virgil walked from wherever he walked to. He, okay. he walked from wherever he was to Oceanside. Then he finds a horse, and then he comes upon Connie. So we don't so, know exactly how long he was really with Connie. So we know a couple of things. Okay, eventually Magna shows up at Hilltop just as the walkers are showing up. Mm-hmm. And then you, you coincide that with Connie's letter. So... I guess what they're trying to tell you is Magna a few days, Connie a few days. So mm-hmm. maybe about the time when Hilltop was getting ravaged, that's when Virgil had fa- found her. Mm-hmm. But now, so now we're in alignment. So there is, so it's been a couple days since the screaming cave. Right, right, <laughs> which right, was, right, right. Which was Carol screaming mm-hmm. <laughs> in yeah, that promo, yeah, yeah. which I'll never forget. So yeah, a couple days since they were trapped in the cave, got let out, things mm-hmm. shattered, blah, 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 and then Hilltop battle. Connie's out in the wild. Magna's out in the wild. They got separated at some point. Then the search for Stephanie, blah, blah, blah. And so that is a month. So they've been out there. They have been out there for a month and a few days or something, Mm -hmm, let's say. mm -hmm. I'm just wondering what happened in that time. Well, I don't think Magna was lost as long as Connie was. Didn't Magna say she she got out? She said a few days. Didn't Magna say she got out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I lost Connie at some point. And lost Connie inside. Yeah. And so yeah, maybe it her... took Connie longer to actually get out of the cave than it did Max. Oh, so maybe it's a few less days, let's say. Right. Than, right. Because mm. when he finds her in the road, she looks like she's been buried. She mm. looks bloodied and dirty. And that's the whole thing of the show is the timeline and the is, is so squirrely. We don't know where we're at or when we're at. But we know that by the end of this month, let's say, that's when this happens. Right. This this incident, like the two the last two days of this month. Yeah. And maybe uh, they and, held up somewhere for a while. Because yeah. you know, from when he finds her, she was wasted. She was almost unconscious. To now she's she looks better. She's clean. She's running. So right. maybe he found her. He took her up. He took her somewhere. Helped her recover to get a little bit better. 
and then that was when he realized, okay, we need to find your family. Yeah, um, yeah maybe that's it. Maybe maybe you just kind of solved the puzzle because, like, yeah, she had no no water, no light, no food. She needed to be rehydrated, whatever. Mm-hmm. He had the the orange backpack full of magical mm-hmm. goods. Maybe right. you never so know. Maybe he just maybe that's just one of those pieces that we just won't see, but we know that it he had to have taken her somewhere and to helped recover. her recover and right. to to yeah. It, had we not made the bother. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not a hundred percent convinced the show will, would tell us. Then maybe they give us they throw us a nugget because they're at they're outside this problem now. And now Virgil maybe may recover, may not. We don't mm-hmm. know because things are crazy desperate now in this in the world outside of the Commonwealth currently. And it may be a conversation that she has with Kelly. What happened to you? You know, Kelly may ask her what happened to you, and Connie may say, "This is I what did, happened. I did this." They, they better I, be consistent too, because right. we're gonna pick that shit apart, right? <laughs> I did this, and then uh, Virgil found me, and we went here, and we did this. So you know, maybe right. maybe that would be in the conversation between she and Kelly. And I think I'm I'm satisfied with that so far. The only thing I want to note in the look ahead was that I saw the king gra- grabbing his like little is it what is it called now? Goiter. Is it a goiter? A goiter. Okay, on his neck. Well, that's what so, he was calling it. That's what he told them it was. But yeah, yeah, answers, yeah. And so I'm um, I'm I'm curious to know. Well, one of, the, one of the guys who played a savior and then a whisperer who lives in Sonoya mm. uh, posted a picture of them carrying a very large... Oh, the gold, golden coffin? Gold coffin. And he's like, who else would have a coffin like that but the king? And I'm like... You know, I'm hesitant. I'm really hesitant about that. I'm I, hoping I, if they've got all this medical technology through through and Tommy is a thoracic surgeon, even yeah, though yeah, yeah. he's not... He's so, always baking cakes. So I, I put up a poll in our premiere, and if you people like YouTube, you should be subscribing to our YouTube, because when we do premiere, we are in the chat with you as you watch for the first time, because we're watching for the, for the first time, technically, and we want to interact with you. We want to know what you guys think. So what's been great about doing it only on YouTube is there's this like, cool poll feature that I can throw up there every now and again, and I, and I, I, will, I definitely go through the gamut of choices, so you're not stuck picking what I think you should pick. So, but one of the things I had asked was like, what do, what do you think is going to happen to Zeke? And I, I did mention the theory about him taking on the Dwight role, and most people actually did pick that. Mm-hmm. Soup to nuts, Dwight role from the comic. I was, I was very shocked by that that people would choose that. I had I, this was four choices. One of them, one of the other ones was something as a result of uh, the last episode, which was the keith the the whisperer who has who gave himself a name which also was kind of strange you know right, right. they don't have names technically if they really are whisperers <laughs> don't give me that anyway. alpha gamma shit <laughs> yeah exactly one of the things that uh ever saw he was lying he, he was, people were down like well what do you expect he was keeping his family safe mm-hmm. and would, wouldn't you lie to keep your family safe in light of that lie if ezekiel decides to reveal that he has this thing People will be like, oh, so you've been lying to us the whole time. Well, out of principle, we're not going to help you. Or, you know, or how do we know that you, you've been lying to us all the time? Maybe when we operate, we're going to kill you. Like, it's not really important. Maybe that, it's not really I think cancer. their whole sham is getting ready to, house of cards is getting ready to collapse around them. Yeah. Because I just I have this feeling that. At some point, I think Eugene is going to have to figure out eventually that Stephanie is not Stephanie. That was also another cool question that somebody answered or somebody had asked. We we had resolved to maybe even think that he knows already that this is fake Stephanie. Oh. And that and that he's taking her for a ride rather than him. Maybe it was the ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. 
Yeah, because he saw the yeah. other girl and he said, "Oh, is that Rocky Road?" And uh, oh, can I have can I have some? Yeah, right. Bye, bitch. Bye, bitch. <laughs> I'm real Stephanie. Bye. I, I do think that's going to collapse around them when you know, obviously yeah. Tommy has the surgical expertise that he could help Ezekiel, and Nico right. may try to get him to do it, and I bet he won't. Worse than that, I think he's already in trouble because of what Yumiko said about him that mm -hmm. they didn't know. Mm -hmm. so, like you're and, listening everywhere. And if he's been there since the beginning and they've needed some sort of surgeon from the beginning and they found out that he didn't help. Oh, he'll be out. Yeah, there'll be this weird, interesting conflict. And and you kind of want to go, why? You just wanted to look at her and go, why? What's what's the why didn't you tell them, you know? And you know, you know, what's going to be so interesting about that is that you're, you're going to want to side with Tommy. But then you also have to recognize something that we recognized earlier on this episode is that for however long that they survived, they survived because they held these rules. Mm -hmm. But maybe what we ought to understand is that you're just lucky because look at the world outside. You're just lucky. Yeah. It's not your rules. You're just lucky. Yeah, you're just like you're, you're praying to false gods. And yeah, everything seems to be working out. But, all know, it takes but it's not because you're praying to the false gods. All it takes is one wall breach. Yeah, right, right, right. And I'm not saying boo. I'm For all we know, and I, this could be this philosopher asshole shit all over again, meaning if it seems to work, why wouldn't it work, right? right? And so, you know, if they have to uphold to these principles and they think that's the way to go, who are we to say? It's they survived as long as they have with this. So let's let them go. Well, and that's, Same, that's what it's been with every group that we've met. Maybe even the Farrellers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, think about it, right? Like, it yeah. seems to work for them, so that's what well, they do. Well, you know, I mean, at least the Whisperers didn't eat each other, you know, but, you know, all of the groups, Woodbury, Saviors, Wolves, Whisperers, they all had a, a caste system, hierarchy, and mm. they all did it as a means of survival. Close. Some sort of organization. Yeah, Woodbury's the closest thing to what we've seen to what the Commonwealth is trying is, has accomplished. Right. I think Woodbury wanted to be what the Commonwealth is. Woodbury was the trial run. <laughs> right, exactly. And maybe there was like a corresponding community that was just like Woodbury that just happened to survive, didn't, didn't stumble upon a Rick, but also didn't have a megalomaniac psycho in mm -hmm. charge, you know? I know how long Pamela, Pamela Milton. I'm right, I, I, I missed something there. So I don't think you missed anything. Says, hmm. I mean, was she just surprised that it was a woman in charge? Maybe. I, yeah, I haven't really thought that far ahead, but I, it just seems like it is what it is. We don't really know about it too much, but the f maybe she's even impressed the fact that they have a governor. Like, even as Mercer's listing out all these rules and, and, and all these different charters and, and bodies of, of laws that from the past, maybe they were, that's how they got by, but I think that that was like the nail in the coffin that they actually have a governor that is, you know, as a figurehead of all these laws, the executor of all these laws. Well, and we did too. We had the charter. Yeah. And we yeah, had, yeah. And we had councils at each yeah. of ours. Exactly. That but like said, that, that title of, of governor Governal. says something. Like yeah. nobody really has a, as, as a title in this world. So no, no. Maybe that was impressive to her. That, well, that's so. true. And maybe that it was a woman. So she is truly taking on a Michonne's comic book mm. story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like that that's that's where they're, they're heading. I, I had a really good time breaking this down this episode with Eliza. It was really, really fun. I, I think we sped through this this, this little bastard in, yeah, in record yeah. time. 
And, and listen, if you like what you've heard on this podcast, head over to ratethispodcast.com slash squawkingdead. Five stars and an eggplant is all we need to know that you love us. But look, listen, what, leave one star and three, five, ten poop emojis. Actually, fill as many characters as you can, all 5,000 characters, depending on the platform, with poop emojis. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Just rate us after every episode so you, so you can tell us, communicate with us what you thought about this episode. Communicate with others what, what makes us valuable. And hey, if you really, really enjoy what you're hearing, just head over to ko-fi.com, create an account, and follow us at ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead. You don't need to tip us. You don't need to join a membership tier. It's just a really good way to know if when we're recording, when we drop an unedited episode, that there's an opportunity to join in a reaction video, or if there's a uh, thing that we're doing that you want to take part in, that's when you can either tip us and get 30 days of supported back content, or you can join one of our membership tiers for as little as $1 a month. That's right. Join for $1 a month and you get to at least a lot of the way through because the next few tiers <laughs> jump dramatically up from that bottom tier. <laughs> you know, uh, The next tier up at least gives you credits at the end of this episode, which you will be seeing shortly, if not already. And the, the final tier, which is the survivors tier, which is Lisa is, is a part of, means you get to join the show and help me break down these episodes. And what a job Aliza has done. <laughs> so <laughs> if you, you want to join Aliza, just join up for that membership tier. It is a little pricey, but hey, it's like that because, you know, you have to really, really want it. <laughs> and Lisa does, and she it's just bearing fruit. So in any case, say goodbye to the people, Lisa, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye. Take care, everybody. Thank have you. a good night. Happy TWD day. <laughs> see you see you in 30 minutes on Twitter. Probably not. Now, wasn't that just wonderful? Eliza J. Huh? Eliza J and Dave. Uh, what could be better? Now, Eliza J is a Survivor's Tier member. What is a tier member? Well... If you head over to ko-fi.com and create an account and follow us on ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead, you could first of all see that we have a bunch of things that we do behind the scenes, be it recording uh, our episodes and allowing our tippers slash uh, tier members to join us in the recordings, the real-time chat as we, as we record, or when you get unedited episode recordings, there are a lot of blog posts. Now, the reason why we tell you to follow is so you are in the know for when we schedule a recording, and maybe you have something to say that you'd like to say that you, you could tip us, and then you can join us in the real-time chat and say it. Or, if you join one of our membership tiers, you can get a bunch of perks. Now, the perk that Eliza, uh, sorry, the tier that Eliza J belongs to is the Survivor's tier which is the ability to actually join us on camera and lend us your thoughts. It is very pricey, but it's prohibitive for a reason. It's so that you really, really, really want to do it. And you really, really think you have the chops for it. So go for it. There are limited spots available for, for that tier, but uh, it, if it's up your alley, give it a call. But hey, you don't have to do any of that. Just follow us at ko-fi.com dead. Uh, I wanted to say that this episode has been brought to you by not only Survivorist Tier member Eliza J, but our newest converted from the Whispers Tier sur uh, Survivors Tier member at Whispers U UK, which isn't confusing at all. Yes, Darren at Whispers UK is a new Survivors Tier member. He he should I hope he should be joining us for future episode recordings. I look very much forward to it. Uh, hey, and let's not forget our Whispers tier members, 
uh, jasmine.iac on Instagram, at snick3 on Instagram and Twitter, at AidenTheRaven on Twitter, as well as judith.morton on Instagram. Uh, they have access to our Discord. Uh, so we've been having lots of really, really great behind the scenes chats, uh, some input thrown about here and there, premieres, uh, Dave Reacts attend- attendees. It's, it's been pretty great. So, you know, these are the people who make help make the show, you know, or, you know, I mean, all of you do as well when you share our episodes and when you rate things. Uh, they just <laughs> help us behind the scenes as well because this season is going to get nuts. So we can definitely, definitely, definitely use your help, not monetarily, just with at least rating this podcast, rate this podcast.com slash squawking dead, uh, as well as uh, sharing these episodes on both YouTube and your favorite podcast p- platform. It really, really helps because it's getting harder and harder to kind of keep up these days with uh, trying to promote the show since uh, AMC and their infinite wisdom has decided to air uh, two episodes back to back each week. So uh, we're doing our best. We thank you for your patronage. We thank you for listening. And I will hopefully not drop dead and see you in the next one. (laughs) 